This is Law Enforcement Leadership with Dr. Jack Enter. For over 40 years, Jack has trained law enforcement officers all over the world and has learned some valuable lessons that he's passing on to you. For more information about Jack's speaking schedule, go to jackenter.com. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, Law Enforcement Leadership with Dr. Jack Enter. Of course, we are discussing the, the reality that most managers are failing. Most people in leadership positions are failing to be effective leaders. And uh, we have identified four main factors that contribute to that. The first is uh, training, uh, that our training is ineffective. The second is perceptions. People uh, don't have an accurate view of themselves or of each other or of their environment. Uh, number three is accountability. Uh, that's the third factor. What kind of accountability does someone have in their life? And the fourth factor is fear. And all of these things play a role in the effectiveness of a leader. And last time we discussed training, specifically the fact that training is more than just education. It's more than sitting in a room and hearing a lecture. And unfortunately, most management training, most leadership training involves classroom lecture, not so much the hands-on, you know, tell, show, and do model, um, and uh, and most of our training also does not identify the fact that uh, we need people of good, strong character to be in leadership positions. And so, why don't we go ahead and discuss that uh, that second thing is perceptions? Jack, can you talk about perceptions? Well, you just mentioned that our training has to involve thinking and character. That how we view ourselves, and everybody who listens to this podcast knows what it's like to be around prideful people uh, who, if you wanted them to finish the sentence, how do they view life? They only care about themselves. Um, Leadership by nature is totally opposite of pride. Leadership leads beside. Um, It means to go first. It means to serve. And because of pride, um, and that's why this is so connected to training. Think about this for a minute. Uh, All of you who are listening to this and you and I all know what it's like to be around young two-year-old children. They are very self-centered. They only care about themselves. And um, the Solomon quote, train up a child in the way he should go, emphasizes that they have to be trained. And one of the things you train them to do is not only how to be potty trained and to read and write, you have to train them. It is not all about them. Pride and the word picture you remember for training was tools. The word picture for pride is a crown that a prideful person thinks they are a king or a queen, which means who are other people? And every time I ask this in the presentation, everybody knows the answer. Servants. They're servants. You are here to serve me. And if you think about, again, a two-year-old, if you tell them no, why do they get so upset? Because you committed treason against the little king or the little queen. Now, why this is so important is if this is innate in human nature. So if you're not being trained out of that, then you will continue to think that the world revolves around you. And how is that going to affect leadership? Let me, let me give you, I think, the best example. And I keep using the military for this, but a friend of mine 
was the he was over the security details for the Marine Corps Commandant, which is a general that commands the Marine Corps, and he was in charge of his security detail. He said the first time he ever saw a news briefing done by the highest rank in Marine, highest when it comes to position, you don't get any higher than the Marine Corps Commandant. And a reporter asked the question, so you're the Marine Corps Commandant. His response was amazing. He said, no, I am a Marine Corps rifleman currently assigned to the position of Marine Corps Commandant. The Marines and, and law enforcement can do this, train you that the the thing that makes you significance is not the rank you hold, but your care for the men and women around you. He had never, the Marine Corps Commandant had never forgotten his identity through basic training that he was a member of an organization and culture that had been around for 200 years, and also the mission. And unfortunately, law enforcement does not have that. And so if you ever talk to a police officer and you ask him or a deputy and say, what do you do? He never says, I work for the agency. He goes, I am a police officer. I am a deputy sheriff. That I am statement shows his, his or her identity. It's interesting, though. Go up and ask that same person as a lieutenant. They're not going to reply as the Marine Corps Commandant would. They would say, I'm a lieutenant of the police department. The first thing out of their mouth is their supervisory position. So what has happened is they've left the operational level where their identity was in the mission and their peer group, and now it is about them and their lieutenants position that they are supervisor. We only have two lieutenants in the entire agency, and I'm one of the youngest lieutenants that's ever been promoted. Pride comes, which was always there, has come back full and is not being dampened. So one of the things that happens when you're elevated to that level of leadership is that you lose the accountability that kind of keeps you humble, right? So that pride is naturally there, but when you're elevated, you lose that. We lose people speaking truth to us. Listen, I will, and, and I would assume everybody in, that's listening to this podcast remembers that when you're in an operational level, why? But this is a dangerous job. We have to speak truth to people. And if you see a person kind of losing control, most of the police officers and deputies that I work with would stand up and say, you need to stop this. You're out of control. If a lieutenant's doing that, first off, his peer group's not going to do that. And the operational people are not going to say that because he's a lieutenant. You know, I'm going to get thrown under the bus. And we lose the ability to look at ourselves realistically because people tell us what we want to hear. They don't confront us. And this pride continues to go unchecked, gets worse. And without, without, um, and we, and basically, and this is the point, we're going to see this is very important. Why do most managers fail? Because they don't know they're failing. But why don't they know they're failing? Because no one cares enough about them to speak truth, because now they're off limits 
to the thing that made the operational level so powerful and lack of pride, uh, individual pride, but pride in the organization because people speak truth to them. Now they've lost that. So they live delusionally. And, and I'm going to say this. Imagine as you can think about the worst manager you ever worked for. If you went up to him or her and said, how are you doing? How are you doing? How was your day? What's he going to say? Is he going to say, oh, I did a terrible job. Uh, when I took off my coat, I basically pulled out my spine this morning. I haven't supported my people. I have totally failed to communicate with anybody. And to be honest with you, how have I done? No, I failed my people. He's not going to say that. Watch the smirk on his face. He will say, I'm doing really well. When everybody around him will disagree with that statement, but remember the great quote, ignorance is bliss, but it's not the truth. So we live delusionally, and that's why perceptions and accountability are so important. They are so intertwined. If we don't speak truth to each other, if we don't hold each other accountable, then our kingship and queenship go completely crazy, and we become ineffective to deal with people. And leadership by nature is service. And we cease to become servants except for ourselves. So underlying these things, you could say, is the assumption that um, you don't automatically have the skills and the knowledge that you need to be an effective leader. And I think that's, that seems to be a really key thing is that uh, we think that we do well. We think that we're doing fine. And that is our tendency to assume that we are doing fine until someone else comes in and tells us differently. Uh, delusional thinking is not self-correcting. Yeah. I, I love that quote because we all think we're doing fine. And it is our, in accountability, think about this, people's silence around us affirms yeah. that we're doing fine. When, when you talk to people, though, uh, behind this person's back, they go, they're making terrible mistakes and terrible. And I always confront them. I say, well, why don't you say anything? Well, you, he's going to throw you under the bus. Or she's going to throw you under the bus. And so it's, a, in a way, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Hmm. So could we say then that the first step in being an effective leader is humility? Absolutely. But here's my point. Yeah. Because of our delusional pride, hmm. um, we can't... Humility is almost non-existent in human nature, if, if not non-existent. But how we gain humility, how the Marine Corps Commandant gained humility was to constantly being confronted and trained. It's not about you. It's about the Corps. It's about the Marines. And without that, and any time that is pulled away from us, we begin to take ourselves seriously again. The default position of human nature is pride. Mm. And until we are willing to slap each other around a little bit, and we're going to see this is a key to being a leader. It's not, well, I just need to be humble. You can't do that. You can't be self-aware. You can't be self-disciplined unless other people are making you aware of your weaknesses and other people are making you follow through and discipline yourself to do the right thing. So then for this to happen, this is really referring to that third factor you're talking about, right? Accountability. Um, so like for training to actually happen and for your perceptions to be accurate, you need someone speaking honestly into your life. Um, 
Yes, absolutely. And think about this. At the operational level, there is accountability. Your sergeants are holding you accountable. Your academy director holds you accountable. Your field training officer holds you accountable. Other officers hold you accountable. But yet, when we get promoted, we are not being held accountable because we're now the sergeant and we're now the lieutenant and we're surrounded by a bunch of other ineffective people who don't want to rock the boat. Um, and I've actually seen accountability that was uncalled for, that when a captain made a mistake, he blamed the lieutenant or the sergeant on it. So the accountability is, is not appropriate, that people don't take ownership for it. So there's this blame shifting going on in the management level that we would never allow operationally. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, man, that's insightful. Um, okay, so, so we talked about training. We talked about perceptions, the right perceptions, how accountability impacts those things. And then I want to make sure we talk about fear. Can you talk about how that impacts effectiveness? What a man or woman fears and what they love dictates what's important to them. Mm. Um, And Solomon wrote, the fear of man brings a snare. And what he's talking about and I think it is interesting that the Greek, uh, the Hebrew word that he used for man talked about men and women. So he understood that all of us fear the opinions of people around us. And think about that for a minute, that we call it peer pressure. And that word peer is very important because who do we fear the most? Uh, and I, I always get a little upset when people talk about, yeah, teenagers, they're all into this. Everybody's into this. That we want the people in our current peer group to like us. And what we're going to see, this is very important, because at the operational level, who do we fear? Effective men and women who do their job, who show courage, who will come and back us up at a bad call when there's a man with a gun. We fear, and that's a respectful fear. We want them, we want to honor them, we want to be one of them, and we want to honor the mission. Unfortunately, when we get promoted, who do we fear? Ineffective men and women who don't want us to get them in trouble, and who do not want the boat to get rocked or a employee to sue the department, which is called accountability. They're just reacting, typically, from being held accountable. So what ends up happening? Leadership is not rewarded in the management culture because the other managers aren't leading, and they're not going to encourage you to lead because then it creates trouble And they avoid trouble at all risks. So at the operational level, we fear men and women who are effective, and we want to be effective police officers, which means we do our job. And at the management level, we fear getting in trouble with our peers, which causes causes us to not do our job, which is, to me, um, an amazing that a culture based on a warrior class culture where people will risk their lives operationally will not make a decision at the management level. A simple decision. They're fearful of that, but they showed amazing operational courage 
But so the question is, who do we fear? And who do we love? I mentioned that. Fear is also very connected to what we love. And what do we love? We love our job operationally. We love our brother and sisters. It's interesting when you ask a retired police officer or deputy, do you miss the job? They go, not really, but I miss the people. Strong camaraderie. But in the management level, we love our security, not getting in trouble, not being sued. And what is the result of that? Because we love that. We hate conflict. We hate getting into the drama of holding people accountable. And guess what we do? We don't do our job. Thank you for listening to Law Enforcement Leadership once again with Dr. Jack Enter. Be sure to tune in next time as we continue to discuss the issues facing leadership and how to overcome them. You can listen on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out jackenter.com to order his books or to find information about Jack's speaking schedule. Thank you for listening and see you next time.